Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Startup Diaries podcast, brought to you by Bern Sheehan, a leading insights-driven technology recruitment business located in Manchester and London. In this episode, we're excited to welcome Mike Jones, the CTO of Love Holidays. Love Holidays are not only the fastest growing travel agent in the UK, but also one of the UK's fastest growing businesses within the last five years. They're on a mission to open up the world to everyone. They offer unlimited choice, unmatched ease and unmissable value and are harnessing tech to be the go-to platform in the holiday industry. Mike talks about the transformative role at a renowned price comparison site, Uswitch, where he's helped scale the company significantly, exemplifying his expertise in growing startups. At Love Holidays, Mike's applied his experience to drive innovation. We talk about the impact of partnering with Google to catapult Love Holidays' operational reach, improving technology infrastructure, and harnessing AI to enhance customer service. Mike talks on resilience, strategy, and creating a supportive business culture and shares insights on the challenges of taking Love Holidays global. Mike's the man to listen to on what to consider when scaling a business, and he delves into the dynamics of startup growth, technology's role in scaling, and the personal philosophies guiding his successful career to date. We think it's a great episode. We hope you enjoy it. Well, welcome, Mike. Thanks for joining us on the Startup Diaries. Um, it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about your, your backstory and uh, the story of uh, Love Holidays as well? Uh, well, my backstory, I suppose I'm quite old now, uh, 46. Um, I've always been really into technology since I was since I was a kid. I um, used to write computer games growing up, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and that led me to kind of do a, uh, well, a master's in computer science. I then ended up started being a, a consultant for many years. Um, so I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, lots of different companies to experience, different business models. Um, worked at kind of ThoughtWorks for a long time. Um, learned a lot. But I think that what I learned about myself is I like to build things. Mm-hmm. I like to take responsibility and I like to see the impact of my actions. So mm-hmm. that led me to kind of um, really leave consultancy and join a startup, which was uh, really kind of transformational in my, my career. Learned so much about um, building products, what it means, what you how you should use technology. Um, and with that, um, in a very long convoluted way, became a CTO of um, Uswitch, mm-hmm. the price comparison website. Stayed there for uh, 10 years, helped scale it through three acquisitions. So we, we bought it for £5 million and then ended up being part of a 2.2 billion delisting of uh, ZPG, which was a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, but along the way, um, I had a mentor. He always told me, you have to do it twice. It doesn't count if you only scale one business. It's like skateboard tricks, like mm-hmm. two to be true. Um, so yeah, so I ended up um, looking for a new job, which then became uh, Love Holidays. Mm-hmm. So I joined there in 2019, and it was the fastest growing business in the UK. Mm-hmm. So number one on the Times Profit Track. Uh, really interesting founding team who'd created a kind of innovative way of uh, searching holidays. And I was there to really help come in and scale it, professionalize it, as we've done with uh, uh, with usage, really. Yeah. You said there, obviously, Award-winning, award-winning, award-winning as of yesterday as well as we as we <laughs> as right. we speak. Um, but we're fastest growing you know business in the UK. What are some of the principles behind being able to scale that behind the scenes? Well, having done it once before, I think is really important. I think that's why kind of my mentor was pushing me to do it again, so you can see the commonality. And as we came into Love Holidays, um, 
like like I said, fastest growing the business in the UK, uh, amazing success story. But from a, a technology perspective, perhaps I was a little bit concerned. Uh, the taking a look at the the technology stack, perhaps the way that we structure people, I, I didn't think it was going to scale. Um, and so um, one of the things I had to do was bring in people and start thinking about a, a new way of actually addressing the kind of technology. So. One of the first things we did, it was people I'd worked with before at kind of ThoughtWorks or the startup that I worked at mm-hmm. or at uh, U-Switch. Um, we kind of took the learnings that we had over the last, say, 15 years and we, we wrote five kind of five principles behind how we, we were thinking about technology. Um, I mean, I can go through them, but, but I think the most interesting for me was the, the idea of like, um, as an example, uh, like focus on simplicity because it's not easy and it's like things like that were kind of principles that we we kind of distilled from our experience of scaling companies that we wanted to then this is how we wanted to kind of run technology and we also thought about how we wanted to kind of set up teams so we had team principles as well and for us that was well for me personally slightly more important which was around creating a great culture Um, and for me that was about three things it's about giving teams a balance of um, autonomy to make decisions and accountability Mm. It's about providing uh, people problems to work on, not projects. These kind of long-term things, um, and yeah, like so, and creating that kind of that kind of ownership for those people yeah. and teams. I guess you, you become the fastest-growing business uh, in the UK. You've got to be quite have a lot of innovation behind what you're doing. I, I would love to dive into a bit, maybe one of the most important uh, bits of innovation, a process or product that you've been able to work with. Well, there's been so much innovation. Uh, I think as we've been, especially at Love Holidays recently, um, I kind of categorise like the, the kind of journeys of startups. I suppose in our, our journey in particular, into three phases: the kind of the startup phase when you're looking to kind of discover a business model and mm-hmm. find like some product market fit. And we spent, well, the the team, the founding team, spent a lot of time doing a lot of innovation, uh, and they did a lot of smart things <laughs> in to kind of make that work. They were, they were very focused on just making the business run, but that kind of uh, really got them to think about what was important, and conversion particularly. So they had a, um, the, the main concept they had was a, a what not where search. So okay. you, you could describe the holiday that you wanted to go on rather than where you wanted to go. So it was, I want it to be this like this flight, far away flight, uh, this temperature, like these sorts of things, and then you find your holidays that match that. So it was a really cool idea. Um, but the problem was, as as the business scaled, the the technology behind it wasn't keeping up. It mm-hmm. got really slow. It was really error prone. Um, and in my first year, I remember it was just like, as you go into the kind of peak period for holiday booking, which is starts on like Boxing Day, because everybody's <laughs> so they start just like looking for holidays, uh, and the like, traffic on the website goes crazy. And for something like fourteen days in a row, the website had been down. Um, so we kind of knew we had to fix it, uh, and that's kind of really pushed us to start thinking about innovating on the innovations that they had. And so we took uh, particularly that kind of that search piece, um, we scaled it, uh, we. We kind of took it apart. It was built on a piece of open source software, but we moved it to something that was proprietary in-house. Um, I mean, it's a really long, interesting story, but my friend George, who'd come from a um, uh, DRW, which is a head fund in Chicago, who did like high-frequency, high-volume trains. Cool, like really interesting story, but he had this idea about how to solve it. So he created a uh, an in-memory data structure that meant that we could search this, like what's now kind of a trillion office space in under 150 milliseconds so it's like a really cool kind of piece of technology uh, and that's one of about four or five different innovations that we kind of did mm-hmm. did a world first in a b testing by uh, testing cache page on the edge and uh, some stuff in ai as well so but 
lots of innovation. Interesting. I think one of the things as well that you, you're doing is driving AI when it comes to customer service, but I think you're still a bigger believer in the personal sort of touch as well. How do you find the balance between those two things? Um, it's actually becoming increasingly important to me as uh, I'm obviously CTO, but I've also taken on a responsibility for the contact center. Um, and giving customers like a, a great experience post-booking is something that we're really focused on doing. The kind of challenges with kind of our business model is that uh, the the complexity of dealing with customer queries is, is quite difficult. Mm -hmm. And there's and as we're growing and scaling so quickly, it's hard to kind of to actually keep up with the demand of the customers. So what we've been really doing is trying to find uh, the right balance between like automation, like self-service, mm -hmm. AI, and actually the, what you need to actually talk to somebody about. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've been taking a, well, we've really invested in AI to help us scale. Uh, we've partnered with Google. Awesome. Um, they've just released a couple of videos and a couple of blog posts about some of the cool stuff we've done. Um, and we've been able to actually use AI to answer like 55% of all kind of chat queries. So mm -hmm. it's... And it's not like press one for this. It's like a it's a conversational AI, and it's uh, it's it's really it's an amazing experience. And what's really interesting to see is you can uh, you can connect the the chats and you can follow them along, and you can collect it to the MPS or the CSAT scores that we get. Right. And people start off a little bit kind of nervous and like, oh no, just put me through to an agent. A few minutes later, they've answered the question, uh, and they're, they're kind of a little bit amazed. And you can see it often in the kind of uh, the comments about, "I can't believe uh, an AI has just helped me, or a yeah. robot's just helped me." It's 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 really cool. And we've also continued that information now, so it's not just a, a chatbot; it's a what we call a voice bot. So you, you can oh, actually yeah. talk to it. Oh wow! So you you call us up and you have a conversation with an AI. Um, and if it's say something around um, you want to find out about your your flight or your luggage or what what your luggage allowance is. You can have a conversation with the AI and it'll tell you those things. So wow. same sort of thing. I was listening to something yesterday and and uh, so an, an Irish guy called up and he was very suspicious. Like just put me through to an agent. And hmm. then the, so the uh, Sandy, who's our chatbot, just had a <laughs> politely had a chat, asked him what uh, his booking reference, what it was about, and I explained to him the his luggage allowance. And he was like, "Oh, that, that's that's what I wanted. <laughs> Do you want a text for this? Yes." Yeah? So they sent him a text, and then that was it. Resolved. Yeah. So it's things like that where you can we've invested in technology, AI um, to help us really get the the basics right to allow the more complex things to be done by our kind of humans. How has it been partnering with Google on that? Uh, it's been awesome. Um, they they really helped us um, in a number of ways. Actually, throughout the pandemic, we we one of the things we did as we kind of as I moved into the holidays, uh, they'd already started that journey. They were on GCP, but we moved to kind of. Google Workspace, mm -hmm. and then we doubled down on Looker. <laughs> we brought in all of their kind of tools, and they've been helping us like a lot in transforming the business along the last four and a half years. Yeah. It's been really cool. Yeah, hey, they're all right company. Google, <laughs> they do okay. Yeah, they, might, they? they might do something. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the product, I guess, is going global or has gone global. What have the challenges of sort of taking it out of the UK and going to, I guess, other other countries? Yeah, we've just started that journey, really. So we're in uh, UK and Ireland, um, and it, there is a. What we spent a lot of time doing so in the kind of first two phases of the business was really, in the, as a startup, like finding the business model that worked. Then as a scale up, taking that thing and professionalizing it, so making it work at scale, and that's making the, like it work for people. So getting the right culture, the right people in, the right skill sets, uh, getting the right process. So moving to sort from the kind of day to day hand to mouth of a startup to like having a bit more kind of vision over the next three to five years, um, and we've we've done that. Uh, really kind of effectively and especially with the platform and it's now super flexible super scalable um, 
we're, we were just going through a process of the day and look, looking at the, we've got one measure, which is cost per thousand sessions that we look at the infrastructure from. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you kind of, if you, if you apply the cost per thousand sessions from 2019 to now, we're saving something like a million dollars a year on infrastructure costs by addressing those things. We've also, on top of that, we're doing thousands of changes. Like uh, it's, we, and we're enabling other people to do changes. It's not just developers that can change the platform. So a lot, lots of lots of cool stuff. But as you go from a uh, maybe a, a platform that's really focused on a, a single product in a single market to, to maybe multiple products in multiple markets, you have to really kind of adapt and think again. So we've started to kind of trans, uh, uh, refer to ourselves as more of a as a platform business. Right. Okay. So um, we have the idea of people who well we engineers and product teams that build the platform and then people that trade the platform and then people that kind of manage the um, the post booking stuff so we're providing a it's moved from teams focus on creating a really amazing experience for shorthaul beach to creating a configurable platform that other people can use in more markets for more products as we expand out into city breaks long haul as we move into germany so uh, a lot of challenges in, in really it's it's changes how um, you have to think about optimizations for products and engineering team, uh, a lot more coordination and a little bit of a, a distance between the kind of the the, the changes that you're making and the impact you're having. Yeah, I think one of the cool things as well that, that we've learned is that you are now the largest online booking agent based on your at all. Uh, we're the largest OTA, yeah. but we're still a little bit behind kind of the likes of Tui, right. uh, Tui and those guys. Yeah. But yeah, the biggest OTA. Yeah, still a hell of an achievement. What does it feel like to be, I guess, leading the pack in that side of things? So? Um, I think it was vindication of all of the kind of hard work. We talked about the principles and the kind of uh, the approach that we've taken. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of happened as we came out of COVID. So um, as I said, 2019, we were growing massively. COVID obviously for a couple of years took everybody out, yeah. but the uh, our CEO made a really brave decision of doubling down on the technology during that time. So we didn't pull back; we actually just went in further. Uh, mm. We were able to kind of uh, really rip out and replace the things that were kind of uh, holding us back that was making the website fall over. Mm -hmm. um, so we're coming out of it now. We're now like the fastest website in travel. We've got a super uh, super fast search, um, and behind these kind of these technical innovations across the entire stack. Mm -hmm. We were just smashing it. We've seen biggest ever conversion rates, uh, like just more people on the on the site than ever before, handling huge amounts of volume. So it's it's yeah, a real kind of vindication of the principles that we had, mm -hmm. the approach that we've taken, and how we kind of believe in backing the team and the people in the business. Yeah. It must have been interesting. I guess it's a weird time during COVID because no one's obviously booking holidays, but it does <laughs> give you that opportunity, like you said, to the chance to not to obsessively burn things out down and rebuild it, but it gives you a chance to reflect that period. It, it really does. And one of the things that I kind of think about recently is the kind of parallel between what we did for U-Switch and, and what we ended up doing for Love Holidays, which was because we bought U-Switch um, at such a low price and it was a privately owned business, the, um, the CEO of the business called uh, Neil Hutchinson just basically said, go and fix it. And he gave me and my friend Paul a year or so to just go and rip the technology out and start again. Um, so it was a, it was a business on I think it's .net. It was all kind of on-prem stuff in a in a closet, and we moved yeah. it to, uh, um, well, we moved a lot of stuff to Closure, Ruby, and we put it in the cloud on AWS, and we did that over the course of a year. It was a that kind of transformed the business and set us up yeah. for the future. Mm. And it was the same sort of thing for Love Holidays, which was that kind of little bit of period to be able to focus on getting the foundations right was mm -hmm. uh, helped us kind of transform the business going yeah. forward. I guess on a completely different related note, 
uh, understand that you're really big into your martial arts, but <laughs> but you also believe that some of the stuff you've learned through that has really affected and shaped your, your leadership style. Could you kind of talk us through a bit of that? Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. Definitely into martial arts now. Uh, it wasn't for uh, not when I was growing up, but as I as I kind of left U Switch, um, I also started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, okay. Kind of uh, working under a coach, uh, Chris Clear, who's a, a, a black belt under Hodge Gracie. Uh, so he's a, an amazing coach, an amazing mm-hmm. teacher. He's created a, a really great environment and a good community of people and it's a it's a really thriving club so if anybody's near Marlow they should definitely go check it out because it's uh (laughs) (laughs) and we have a role it'd be good fun um but the there's so many parallels between actually uh, the kind of experience of scaling a business and of like actually progressing through the kind of the belts that you go through Mm -hmm. I was recently awarded uh, a purple belt by Chris like it was uh just quite quite cool it's kind of the first of the advanced belts uh, I kind of thinking about what was like similar. I think one of the the, the most important things is the kind of the environment and the community that mm-hmm. you're that you're part of, um, like how important people are, like lifting you up. So um, right. whilst it feels like it's quite a uh, you know a personal journey because you're it's you're getting that kind of progress. You're only mm-hmm. it's everybody who's supporting you doing that, and it's very similar in a company, right? Where you've got uh, it, you, you have to create the right environment. The, the right culture and everybody has to kind of be pulling in the same direction supporting mm. each other I think that was like one of the most important things I've learned I think the other thing is just having having a strategy so right. in martial arts it's a bit chaotic at times you, yeah. you're kind of rolling with people um, you kind of everything goes out the window you kind of grip on a little bit hard you just want to win mm-hmm. but if you just go into every if you if you lose yourself to that whirlwind uh, you're actually not going to progress you have to have a plan you have to have something you're looking to improve you have to have goals mm-hmm. um, and so like, really learning that again and you know, just reiterate that importance in the business that mm-hmm. you know have a direction have a plan make sure everybody's aligned to that mm-hmm. uh, and I think the other big piece is just the kind of resilience that you need so there's a cliche in uh, in jiu-jitsu which is uh well we we talk about it a lot which is like you either win or you learn <laughs> um uh, and you also have to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh so those those two things are kind of really important that it's not it's never going to be easy mm-hmm. you have to have kind of be focused on the the, the grind <laughs> um do it in day in day out and that's like as we talked about through covid that's what we had to do we had mm-hmm. to be comfortable being comfortable we had to focus on the, just the day-to-day just get get through it and that really helped us kind of uh, come out mm. the back of it another thing that's big for you one of the phrases i think is that this legacy is important for you as well you've obviously created a good legacy with you switch you know obviously starting though you're creating a great legacy at, at love holidays but what drives you motivates you to want to get better and want to to leave that legacy behind um i, I suppose i, I I've always had more of a growth mindset. I think mm-hmm. I'm very interested in like learning. Um, I've often tried to do it. one of the reasons why I took jujitsu was like just a, I, I used to learn a new thing every year. And yeah. It's just the, the the next thing. So I was trying to expand my kind of uh, understanding. But the thing legacies are well, I won't say legacy, but what one of the things that um, my mentor also said to me is that the type of person I am is somebody who likes to leave a footprint. It's like it's a type of person who gets. Uh, wants to build things, mm. who's excited about the, the impact they can have and the, the footprint they leave, not necessarily the kind of the financial or the other side of it. The thing that you try to do is like build something and be able to point back at it and say, you know, that's, that's, what, that's what, what I did. And I think the thing that's driven me originally was to be able to do that, to, to be able to like 
do something and say, oh, that, that's a cool thing. Uh, that's that's what we did. But now it's much more enabling that for other people to make sure that they have that same sort of experience that they mm. can uh, they can leave their own footprint. They can have an impact mm. and create an environment where that's that's possible for other people. Yeah. So your mentor said you need to do it twice, right? Yeah. You do it a third <laughs> time. That's going to be a difficult one. Yeah. Uh, it's very very. Uh, it takes a lot of effort. Yeah. Um, I I was probably not prepared as I left Uswich and went into love holidays. I should have had a bit more more time off to go into such a, a chaotic environment. Um, but doing it a third time, oh man. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. But I think we've, we've done something pretty cool at love holidays and I'm really focused on just making that work at the moment. Yeah. We're, as I said, we're absolutely smashing it. We're doing yeah. like crazy numbers. We're growing really quickly and just to see where that can take us. Don't really want to go back and have to do it all again. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, I guess you can have a little plug of your hiring at the moment. You can give a shout out if anyone's listening. It sounds like you've created an great environment working on a really innovative product. So, yeah, what's the team needing? You can give a shout out, see if anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're always looking for engineers. Yeah. So, um, if that kind of environment of kind of autonomy, kind of um, and a bit of accountability for what you're doing, you want to take responsibility, build something cool. That's really kind of. Uh, I think it fits a certain type of person. We're looking for product people who can help uh, scale out that organization as well. Um, and, a, and a lot of analysts, so yeah. And any, anybody along those areas, if that sounds an interesting um, environment to work in, maybe get in touch. Cool. Uh, the last two questions we always ask this for any guests on the show. Looking back uh, at your career, what would you say the biggest challenge been to date? Um, I suppose there's a, it depends what you mean by challenge, uh, like the hardest thing or the uh, personal one. I think the personal one was, uh, I think it's, we scaled U-Switch. We got to the point where we sold to uh, private equity. And after a year, the, uh, they came to me and said, like, we no longer want you to work here. <laughs> Off you go. Uh, and that was kind of personally quite a, a difficult time. It was very hard to then um, like figure out, like, uh, when my, your identity has been in the business for like uh, 10 years mm -hmm. and trying to like figure out what to do next. That was difficult, but um, I, I think it was the most pivotal thing and it was the best thing that could have happened. So mm -hmm. I was actually super thankful that it did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really was uh, helped me kind of change and transform and become, I think, uh, better at my job. I think there's been so many interesting challenges though from a business perspective. It's really hard to kind of pick out just one particular one, to be honest, but mm -hmm. uh, things that were personally proud of was at U-Switch, we built the first uh, B2B data product where we were selling data to energy suppliers, which mm. was a, a, a team effort where we did some really cool things. Mm. Um, and just what we've, what we've done in the holidays as well, that's been a, a massive challenge, but um, really kind of pleasing to see the, the impact. Yeah, awesome. And the final question then, if you were talking to someone who's thinking of starting their own business tomorrow, what, what sort of advice would you give them? I think when when I left consultancy and I went into kind of startups, I made mm. nine failed startups in about 12 months. Right. So I kind of burned through lots of kind of random startup ideas. So yeah. that wasn't <laughs> not the the best person to help like build new ideas. But what mm. I'm I think what I'm good at is making things better. So that kind of professionalization. Yeah. And that's where I've I think learned I've got a little bit of a skill, which is definitely under private equity, mm. where taking uh, some of these businesses and being able to take that idea that somebody's had that they've like because it's a it's a really an amazing skill um, kind of uh quite envious of like taking those ideas forcing into reality but what i'm quite good at is taking those ideas and helping them scale to yeah. to to like 100x whatever it would be and 
figuring that out. So if, it, if there's a founder listening, what advice would you give them if you've already started the business so that you don't have to come in and completely rip out the tech and build it? And what, what's <laughs> what you need to be able to do is, what I've learned is it's important to just find that, like you don't want to overinvest in technology at the beginning. You want to mm-hmm. find a way of um, really, like you want to focus on the business model. You want to focus on making money mm-hmm. and you've got to cut a lot of corners and that's entirely okay. Mm-hmm. But once your business starts getting successful, that's where you need to bring in like people, like experts, and mm. uh, there's a there's a, an inflection point where that happens, mm. uh, and it's it's really important to be cognizant of that. Uh, mm. Where you you need to shift from just that kind of day to day optimization to have more of a, a medium term view of things, mm. and that's where I think the the founders of the holidays did a really good job. They kind of noticed that, and mm. they kind of brought in like the right sort of professionalization because mm. you move from a very generalist team mm-hmm. who are just a little bit good at everything and then you need to bring in experts to be able to take those things and uh, professionalize them to make them work at scale and for us that was around really investing in the people in the business around uh, kind of the platform infrastructure bringing in data engineering like actually engineering experience both from a, uh, a kind of a back-end experience and the how do you build like fast websites and that sort of uh, like thinking about it in those ways really helped take the the model that they built and make it work at like a level that was uh, that they can kind of imagine previously so yeah, yeah. awesome well that's a good point to, to wrap it up on like, thanks for joining us hope you enjoyed it it was great thank you very much nice to meet you.